It's car con carne. Con Carne, we are live a little bit earlier than usual. Quarantine Con Carne, still sheltering in place. Car Con Carne, sponsored by C&H Financial Services. As business owners continue to adjust to everything brought on by the coronavirus, C&H Financial Services is here to help. They offer a variety of products, ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero-cost payment processing solution, which eliminates the expenses associated with accepting Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express as a form of customer payment. C&H Financial Services eTab solutions, easy to set up for your business for online ordering and curbside pickup. C&H also offers cost-effective commercial lending programs, which can help you get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented, unprecedented nay, dystopian times. To learn more, contact C&H Financial Services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs. Dot us. So me, I'm James Van Ostel, and my guest tonight is Bob Charito. Bob is a journalist. He is really about as hyper-local a journalist as you can find. And just to kind of give you context, Bob, in the Facebook Live post, I wrote, chaos, violence, and fear. That's how Chicago woke up this morning. Reporter Bob Charito was on the scene covering the events for Block Club Chicago. You were there. Holy crap. I mean, I... I was looking at what you were putting on Twitter, live video, gunshots in the background. Can you walk us through your morning in Chicago? Yeah, it was uh, pretty insane, to be honest. Um, I was down there from about 1230 till about two. And frankly, by that time, I had kind of seen enough. It was getting really, really out of control. And uh, bottles, I mean, there's a bottle maker's market kind of came close to me and then uh then the gunshots that were about 60 feet away and i was like you know what i i think i have enough <laughs> so uh i pulled out at that point um it was you know i covered the uh violence or the looting back on may 30th and may 31st and that was that was bad but last night seemed a lot more uh dangerous to be honest what was the difference was there less of a police presence did were there more well, I think that the police on May 30th and May 31st, they were already, you know, first of all, when it started on the 30th downtown, they were already in force downtown because of the peaceful protest. Um, and, and then even on the 31st, there was no real gunshots and stuff. Last night, there was a lot of gunshots and, and pretty much everyone who was down there seemed to be, uh, seemed to have arrived, uh, in cars and with the only purpose to be down there was to break windows and, and to loot. So it was, uh, there was no peaceful protesters last night. From a technique perspective, this, this always fascinates me. How did you know to be there? Like, how did you as a journalist know that that was where you needed to be and you had to be covering it? Cause this is the well, middle of the night. Yeah. You know, yesterday was a it really turned out to be a busy day. I did uh, three stories in the afternoon and evening, and I got done a little bit late, and then I was a little bit wound up, so I decided to watch a late-night movie. And then uh, I got a text from a photographer buddy who, uh, he wasn't there, but he was hearing something. 
that there was looting going on in, near Michigan Avenue. So I checked it out real quick and I was out the door five minutes later, uh, just knowing that my editors would, you know, obviously want it. So in, uh, I actually didn't hear from them until four in the morning because they were sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I woke up to actually, I woke up to a block club, Chicago email, like a breaking news email that linked to, your stuff. I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, this all happened while I was asleep. Yeah. You were there. I, it, it was fascinating. Just watching people from their apartments downtown, like shooting video of what was going on below them. It, it did. I, I woke up thinking every day it, it, it just, everything feels overwhelming. This, this feels like I, I can't, I, I can't imagine. How, yeah. How keep moving. You know, and it went on until, like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning from about midnight. So it was, it was pretty crazy. So it, did you talk to any police while you were down there? Did you talk to uh, other civilians, other reporters? Like what were people there, saying? Well, what was when the conversation? I was down there, yeah, I did talk to police. They were kind of uh, shaking their heads at it mostly um, and, and kind of looking out for the bottles being thrown. Uh you know, I tried to talk to a few looters. Most of them didn't want to talk at all. There was, when I was there, there was no other people. There was no, uh, you know, spectators or anything like that. And, and uh, there was really no other reporters. The Tribune guys came, uh, I think, right around the time I was leaving. And then uh, uh, Mark Reno, who's a freelance reporter and a friend of mine, he came after me as well. In fact... Uh, I had called, or Mark had called me. I didn't call him because it was like two in the morning and, and I figured it's a Sunday night. But uh, he called me to ask me what was going on. I told him it was really crazy. And me and him had covered the uh, the stuff on May 30th and 31st. And so he he's no rookie. He's been reporting for a long time. But he called me about an hour and a half later because uh, he had went down there to see for himself. And he called me, he said, you know, I've never been scared in my career, but I was scared tonight. So it was, it was pretty intense. And, and this is something I, I don't think journalists get enough credit for. I mean, you're walking into danger. There, yeah. There's that commitment. I, I don't think people, the, the true died in the wool for real journalists. I know. I mean, you folks are committed. You, the, you're, you're committed to telling the truth and, and sharing the, the story and getting to the story. You, you're, doing that proverbial walk in, walk to the fire instead of away the away from the fire you're putting yourself in harm's way for the public's information i it's a higher yeah. calling in some respects yeah you know it's um the one thing you know when, when i'm there i'm kind of responsible to take video and pictures as well which is not really my forte but i'll do it uh but i also hold back i don't take pictures of like individual people with looting and things like that. anything that where I think there's a danger that I'm going to, you know, make somebody mad. And uh, yeah. the last thing I need is a group of people jumping me. So uh, I'm kind of real careful about that. And, and obviously I'm a, a reporter, a writer, so I just kind of documented in my head. And then and at the same time, I did get a lot of pictures and, and videos, as you saw. So I, I got enough and, uh, you know, then when it got really dangerous, that's when I decided to leave because after a while, it kind of was the same scene over and over again. Yeah, you got your story, you got your footage, be safe, yeah. let the police do what they do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm watching footage that you took of looters just walking into places. 
Yeah, you're that close. I mean, even with the zoom, I'm like, this dude's pretty close to where this stuff is happening. Oh, yeah. And I was, I mean, closer when I wasn't taking pictures, uh, you know, and, and there's I mean, there was some great stuff that I kind of wish I had, but I, I just thought it was too dangerous, you know, and just conversations of looters who uh, had to put their stuff down because they couldn't figure out where they parked, just like really Twilight Zone kind of stuff. And the other looters who were looking for their rides to pick them up. And uh, it was just really surreal. You know, for a lot of us who aren't that close to situations like this, there's that national perception that Chicago is escape from New York. It's just, you know, it's in flames. The city's, you know, days away from just being raised. How accurate or far off is it? I mean, something like this happens this morning. I'm like, well, Jesus, I, maybe things are are worse than than i realized yeah you know i think people have to realize how big the city really is and even downtown most places didn't get damaged there was a lot of damage of course but uh you know it's you know and the looters were i'm not sure about the number probably five or six hundred there was a lot but uh it wasn't like the whole city was down there tearing things up um so I, I think it's important to kind of take a deep breath and realize, you know, uh, the buildings will be okay. The, and, you know, they are insured and everything like that. But the sad part is, and, and I hear that from people, uh, but I think they missed the point that, you know, the, the people who work there, I mean, these are people who live on the West side, live on the South side. And those are the jobs that are now gone, at least for, for a while. Um, so it's, it's really sad. And, and when that happens in the neighborhoods, hopefully that's what I think everyone's hoping now that the looting doesn't uh, move into the neighborhoods like it did in May. Because uh, in May, you know, the looting started downtown and then the next night it was in the neighborhoods. Hopefully we won't see a repeat of that. So, so for more context, I mean, it's just last week I read your story about FBG Duck, uh, yeah. ra rapper killed Gold Coast broad daylight things things are feeling we're all on edge yeah and i you know that was obviously a targeted uh you know slaying uh but i think you know the the real danger is all these other you know we were thinking and I, they're still thinking there may be retaliation for that and the problem is it's not just these gangbangers uh obviously these guys are not sharpshooters so it's it's a seven-year-old kid who gets hit by a bullet and uh we've seen that time and time again this year unlike any other year uh which is really sad and, and just crazy um there's always kids every year every summer one or two little kids innocent kids who got hit and it'd be a huge story but we've never seen this many over a short period of time uh, under 10 years old there's been like 20 something kids under 10 shot or shot and killed uh it's really insane it is and you've covered so many different things i mean just during this pandemic period um lori lightfoot uh going after the beachgoers this week on montrose beach yeah i mean she she just chased him down took her pictures and tell that story because this is one of the more interesting stories of the week i think well, yeah, you know, honestly, um, we were a little bit late to that story, but we we got an interesting angle, I thought. Uh, she had gone down there Saturday evening and, and saw a large gathering, 
of, uh, of people with uh, no social distancing, no masks on. And she uh, took a picture or had her photographer take a picture and posted it on Twitter and saying, you know, it's called a pandemic people. And then, uh, and she said, you know, I, I was there personally and uh, this will be addressed. And it was addressed. They put up a fence, uh, like a, one of those snow fences. And, uh, but I went down there Sunday evening and there were still people on the beach. A fence maybe went 300 yards, but it didn't cover the whole, you know, entire length. Uh, so people just kind of walked to the end of the fence and walked to the beach. And uh, there was a decent amount of people still there and kind of just shrugging their shoulder. I mean, one, two people shrugged their shoulders. And when I asked them about it, and we're like, oh, whatever. So, and, uh, you know, we've seen the spikes. I'm not sure. You know, I will say it seems like there is a lot of uneven rules, uh, but that's a topic for maybe another day. But, uh, you know, for now, the beach has always been closed. Uh, so. Well, you covered the, the Cork and Kerry closing in Bella. Yeah. Yeah, that was another place. They got shut down because they violated, according to the city, uh, uh, social distance and, and masks. Uh, and also, I think uh, if I remember right, they were open later than they were allowed to be. Yeah. 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 There's been, it's hard to keep track. So many it is. Away. I mean, respectfully, <laughs> I want there to be a week or two where you have nothing to write about. I mean, I, I respect what you do for a living, but you know, I, I, dear I, God, we need a break. Yeah. I, I'd like some quiet I was, weeks. Uh, covering R. Kelly and Smollett, and I made the mistake of, uh, I think this was like in February, right before COVID. I said, you know, there was a lull with R. Kelly and Smollett with those uh, cases. So we kind of had nothing to write about for a little while. And I said, oh, I told a friend, a reporter friend, I said, we need a big one. And then COVID came. So <laughs> how dare yeah. you? How dare you? <laughs> I blame you, Bob Sherito. <laughs> yeah. But be careful what you wish for. Hey, you know, they're, they're the human interest stories in this time of pandemic. I mean, the Manny story, I thought, was one of the more interesting stories yeah. to come out of social media and just kind of explode. Because yeah. you, you kind of assume, to backtrack, Manny's, you know, longtime famous deli over on Jefferson. Um, I've been going there since I was a kid and went there with my grandparents. Everyone went there with the grandparents. Presidents ate there. There are certain places you just kind of assume will survive the pandemic. You, yeah. you know that there are question marks around some businesses and it sucks to even say it, but there's some you just think, oh, they'll be okay. They're who they are. That wasn't yeah. Manny's. They basically threw a Hail Mary like, help us. We're hurting. Yeah. Yeah. A I lot think. of people by surprise. Exactly. And I think it kind of woke people up. If Manny's is in trouble, that means, you know, any place is uh, potentially in trouble. So, and luckily it was nice. Uh, people did step up and uh, hopefully they'll continue because I think it's going to take more than a week long of yeah. uh, a boost of sales for them. But uh, yeah. And Manny's has the high profile. They can gather that attention quickly. I think of every independently owned restaurant in the city and suburbs who doesn't have as much social yank as yeah. who, who definitely needs their neighborhood to, to help. Yeah, exactly. It's really, uh, you know, some of the predictions for the amount of restaurants that won't come back are pretty scary and it's <clears throat> really sad because it's people's livelihoods. Yeah, it's the owners' livelihoods. It's the people who work there. It's the bussers. It's the the yeah. kitchen staff. It's the servers. It's it's everything. It sucks. Uh, yeah. All right, what do you have brewing right now? What are you working on? Hopefully, 
Hey, well, you, hope, hopefully nothing tonight, because if I if I'm back out there tonight, that means there's uh, more chaos. So I'm hoping to be able to hang out and relax tonight because I slept about not even two hours. But um, we, it, we were a couple tornado warnings later. I mean, it's been a day. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, what am I working on now? I don't know. I have a police related story that has nothing to do with these uh up with this uh civil unrest uh and I don't, it's always kind of like whatever else comes to me and, and usually luckily knock on what it does so um i think tomorrow i'll be doing some stuff for the daily line which is more political related stuff uh and we'll see so it's certainly a good time to be a journalist. It's lots, lots to keep you. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's, All right, Bob Cerrito, uh, thank you for the work you do. Uh, I've been keeping keeping tabs on everything you're doing in Block Club Chicago and everywhere else. Uh, like I said, you're the guy who runs toward the fire, and uh, <laughs> we we benefit from it. We we learn from it. So thank you for the work that you do. Thanks, James. <laughs>